I'm sitting in the subway station. Manhattan is my destination. On that dirty train, each day I live is much the same, and I think, what can I gain living in this endless game? Homeward bound, I wish I was. Homeward bound, home to Jerusalem, home where my heart is lying, home where my destiny waits silently. All right, welcome back to a new edition of Homeward Bound, the show about making Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael. My name is Egal Siegel. We're here on the Nachum Siegel Network every week, giving you insights and information about that big move, the big move that everyone wants to make, hopefully, which is to make Aliyah to Israel. And I'm here today uh, with Avi Silverman. Avi is uh, in the pre-Aliyah department of Nefesh Benefesh. He is community and education advisor for Olim. And uh, we're going to concentrate today with Avi. We're going to discuss a little about the community idea, what exactly people from the states are looking for in terms of communities, uh, what communities are out there. I think in, in ensuing shows, Avi, what we're going to try and do is concentrate on specific communities that people might want to know more about, um, communities that are established. I'm sure most of the people in our listening audience uh, from the United States have heard of Ramat Beit Shemesh as, a, as an American-style community in other places. Uh, there are communities that are up-and-coming, already established, but still up-and-coming, like Modi'in. Um, also, uh, we uh, we know that Nefesh Benefesh, and by the way, the information for Nefesh Benefesh is uh, nbn.org.il, their tremendous website, which has a wealth of information there. Also, if you want to speak to someone live in the Nefesh Benefesh office, the number is 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-A-L-I-Y-A-H. Um, Nefesh Benefesh has two programs, two separate programs, one called the Go North program and one called the Go South program, which we'll also <coughs> speak to Avi about as we move along. I just wanted to, before I introduce Avi to you, I wanted to share a little of my personal story in terms of our search for a community here, which Avi has heard before. and. He's lived through it with me. <laughs> but uh, basically, my wife and I were able to spend a, a year here 13 years ago. Um, we were able to spend a year, while we were still living in Baltimore, we were able to spend a year here for a sabbatical. At the time, we decided we wanted to be in Yerushalayim because even though the only family we had here was based in Ranana at that time, but we felt that if we're going to come for a year, that we should come uh, to Yerushalayim. Um, also, we didn't have a car at that time. We didn't expect to buy a car just for years. So that was also part of the of the uh, the calculation at the time. Um, and we decided on Harnof because that was a place where we felt our children would get an experience of being with Israeli children, but also have the comfortability of having English uh, because of the tremendous Anglo community there. Because of our year in Harnof, when we did make Aliyah five years later, we ended up going to Harnof, and we ended up living in Harnof for the beginning of our Aliyah. Uh, for three years, and then we made our move to Nachlaot, which is for another show, because <laughs> many people don't even know where Nachlaot is, so we'll talk about it another time. So Avi, first of all, welcome to our program. Thank you. I'm sure that the, the story I just told is possibly a story that a lot of people could share in one way or the other. In other words, uh, 
the family is in a certain community here, um, people might own property in a certain community here, and they're still living in the diaspora. So if they move here, they're probably going to go to where they already are established. Um, friends might be in a certain community, people coming from uh, from your shul, from your synagogue, or from your community who are moving to Israel might be going to a certain place, so you want to go with them. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are thinking about making Aliyah who have that, um, have the idea of what community they're looking for, you know, pretty much somewhere somewhere in their mind, if not in the back of their mind, or the front of their mind, but somewhere in there. So the question is, really, what I would like to deal with in this show is someone who doesn't have an idea. And there's someone who's thinking, yes, I, I want to move to Israel, and I have friends here, I have friends there, and they're not sure exactly what they want, where they want to put down roots. Um, obviously, a big part of this uh, of this whole assessment of communities is the education component for people who have young children, but we'll get to that a little later. But I guess what I want to hear from you is a, a laundry list of people who are looking for communities. Uh, what is it that you would recommend in terms of your experience that people should be looking at first and foremost? I think what you said in terms of going where people are familiar is a, is really a critical aspect. Uh, people are looking to join up with people that they already know and a lifestyle that they're familiar with. There are, there are less people who are looking to make a total change of lifestyle. And so when you have the names that keep coming up, the Beit Shemeshes and Efrats and Renanas and Modi'ins, Maledumim, so that makes sense because that's where there is the bulk of the Anglo community that's moving to Israel. Um, that being said, not everyone can afford those areas. So one of the things that people have to prioritize is, even though I know that I have friends and family in Renan or Ramat Beit Shemesh, that may not be the place you can afford. And so I always tell people they should start off conservative, small c, when they when they <laughs> move to Israel, and pick something that pick something that is going to be more affordable. And then once they establish themselves with jobs and they have a better understanding of the country, then to look at something that is maybe more in their price range. So affordability is a key issue. You need to understand the market. You need to understand the rentals. Uh, we always advise people to rent before they come. You don't want to put down a huge amount of money and then find out that even if it's the right community, it's the wrong neighborhood in that community. So that's the first part of exploring, to make sure that you understand affordability-wise, where it is that you can you can look. So if I'm, just to, to concentrate on that point for a second, so if I'm looking for a certain price range, what would be the way, sitting in America or sitting anywhere <clears throat> in the world, excuse me, what would be the way that I would find, um, you know, what, what basically the real estate prices are in the communities that I'm looking at? So all the profiles that we have in the database, you mentioned the the website that we have. Um, in the website, there's something called Aliyapedia. Aliyapedia is really your A to Z of everything you need to know for Aliyah. Uh, in there is something for community and housing, and there's a community database. So you can actually put in the field your price range. There are several fields that you can fill in talking about demographics, talking about the population, talking about um, the regions of the country, and uh, obviously the price as well. So you can put in the price range that you feel that you can comfortably look at, and that'll give you a whole list of where you can start. Um, certainly I'm available, and that's, that's my uh, job here, is to help people decide if they don't, if they don't have a clear-cut uh, community that they're looking at. Um, another thing they should really be focusing on is the idea of employment. 
if you're talking primarily about families, so either one or two of the spouses are going to be working. And it has to be in a uh, situation where work is going to be close enough for them to be able to commute back and forth. Well, when you say close enough, I mean, we're talking to a listening audience that some people who live, uh, let's say, in the New York area could be commuting up to an hour, an hour and a half each way to their job. Um, people who live in Lakewood who, live, who work in Brooklyn, vice versa. Uh, it's a, it's definitely an hour and a half there. So when you're when you're talking about how close uh, you you have to be to work, what what are you talking about in terms of time? In terms, of, do you need a car? Are, is that all part of the chesed? I guess that's all part of making a, making the decision as to where you want to be. All right. So that's personal. We have a lot of people who you know live in Long Island and they work in Manhattan and it takes them an hour and a half once they you know get on the ferry and off into their offices. And for them, an hour and a half is reasonable, and they're willing to do that. In Israel, in general, um, you know, an under an hour is much more the norm. Although I have to tell you that in recent years, a lot more people are doing the Jerusalem Tel Aviv trek. It's become much more acceptable to travel longer distances, and the road systems here have improved. The trains improved. Um, and people are willing to go longer distances, partly because they see that other Olim are coming and they, they understand that this is happening. Right. And also a lot of people in Israel have worked abroad and they realize that you can't just work a half an hour from your house. I'm talking reasonable in terms of, you know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, but not more than that. People, mm -hmm. you know, people who normally do that might still be, want to do that today. But if you know that you're in a specialized field and you have to be either in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem or you're going to be in a southern community, you have to know that it's commutable for you. Um, another thing is obviously the schools, and we'll get to that later, in terms of the children you're coming with, whether they're special needs children or they're children who you're very clear in terms of your priorities of religious approach, right. what communities are going to be able to offer those schools. Um, another factor which is unique for Israel that you don't have so much in um, outside of Israel is the idea of the religious makeup. So oftentimes when you're living outside of Israel, you're very happy if you have a religious lifestyle to have other religious people with you. Uh, in Israel, you're always going to have religious people somewhere around you, right. right? Even the more secular communities, there's always going to be a shul. One of the one of the essential buildings that you build a city with is a shul. Every Every city in Israel has to have a shul, which supports that community. Um, but you may want something that is much more similar to your lifestyle than having to search for a small group of people. And so a lot of people, when they move to Israel, that aliyah is tied into what do I want for my family, where do I want to be? And they look for communities who religiously can support their beliefs and values. That's another factor. Right. Now you mentioned, I want to mention again, the Aliyahpedia on the website. So what you're saying is that <clears throat> I can put my profile in. Uh, basically, I can I can put in um, the type of uh, community I'm looking for from a religious standpoint, uh, schools that I'm looking for, the ages of my kids, that type of thing, and I will get information given to me by the website as to the communities that kind of fit my profile. Exactly. Oh, so that's very important. Listeners, of course, we've been talking about since we started the show, the tremendous, uh, the tremendous website that Nefesh Benefesh has, nbn.org.il. Once again, on that website, we spoke, uh, we spoke last week with Rachel Berger about employment, and there, there's uh, over 70, I think, over 70 uh, different professions that you can research. So, uh, Avi, I'm sure, has been responsible for this, <laughs> getting the information about the communities on the website. And so your initial, uh, your initial research is basically done for you. If you look at the website, you can find out a lot of information about different communities. Obviously, Avi, there are people, uh, very few people in America or 
anywhere in the world who's listening to this program who don't have somebody they can speak to in Israel. But uh, Avi already offered himself as a as a resource, and his email is a Silverman at nbn.org.il. Any questions about specific communities or any general questions about communities, Avi would be happy to address them. One of the things that uh, coming from America, and we both come from Baltimore, and there is a certain quality of our community that we would love to replicate here in Israel, and I think anyone who comes from America has that dream um, of trying to replicate the quote-unquote American atmosphere in Israel. Um, you know, I have my own thoughts about it, but the question is, do you feel that uh, that's unrealistic? Do you feel that, that that certain communities have replicated that? And is, is that necessarily a good thing? Um, just to, as I remember having a conversation with someone who lives in an American-style community that he felt that after a few years there, he felt his children were losing out on being able to uh, become more Israeli because they were kind of still with the American crowd. And there's a certain... There's a certain thing in terms of preparing for for high school, for potentially going to the army, that was not being addressed, uh, not because of any religious type of thing, but just because it was an American place as opposed to an Israeli place. So I think that's the question that I want to present to you um, from your experience. First of all, is there a community that has succeeded uh, in terms of being an American-style community? And is it necessarily the best thing for for an OLED to look at? No, I think you're dead on in terms of the idea of should people come in and replicate their community? So obviously people want to gravitate toward their comfort zone. The comfort zone is to in some way parallel their lifestyle in Israel if they had in America. Um, I try to gear people away from that. Um, I was just telling uh, you before that uh, we I answered an email of a woman who wrote she has a two-year-old and a four-year-old and she's looking for an English-speaking community so her children will be able to be absorbed. And that, that clearly you know, is not an essential uh, piece for children that age. Um, it may not even be essential for children who are coming at eight and nine years old. Obviously, the older you are, you know, and, and the older your children are, you're going to need something that is more similar to the lifestyle that you've had. It's much harder to break off from it. Um, in general, we try to get away from the Anglo communities. I'm not a proponent of Anglo communities. Um, and I, I think in general, um, people want to move to Israel to become part of Israeli society on some level. Obviously, there are things that we want to hold on to. I think if you have a core group of people who share your background and understand where it is that you came from and what it means to be an Ole and what it means to have a certain culture in America, uh, that's enough. But to have a, a large community, it's beautiful and it works. Um, but I think if you have the opportunity to branch out more into an Israeli culture, that I would always push you in that direction. Um, in terms of Anglo communities, there are definitely Anglo communities, you know, basically I talk about eight different communities in Israel that have a high population of English speakers. Um, are they successful? I've seen many, many of our Olim, you know, really go and jump in and, and decide that they're going to have native Israelis in their homes for Shabbat and as friends and their kids I think are more successful. Uh, when we talk about the kids who are, are struggling here, in a large part um, from my experience, they're coming from homes where the parents really are holding on to the American lifestyle. Uh, parents who take their kids uh, back to America every summer, which is really the time to be absorbed in the culture of the country. Right. They're doing it in camps in, the, in America. Um, I have a neighbor who cannot order 
um, who only orders clothing from America, they don't know their kids is really close size. <laughs> they've been here more than 10 years, and they, they really don't know how to order to get shoes in Israel for their kids or clothing because everything comes from America. So that's unhealthy because you're, you're building a, a dual personality for your children. I mean, not, not really our issue here, but um, <laughs> that is part of what you need to consider. Um, certain people I meet with, and I just came back from 12 days of uh, doing workshops in America, um, people talk about, you know, we've heard of this community or that community where the kids still don't speak English, still still speak English, English and don't right. speak Hebrew. That's an issue in certain communities. That being said, in those same communities, you have children who are marrying native Israelis. It's all the focus of the parents. You know, how are they, how are they gravitating? Right, children? I mean, I've seen that also, and I think it's important. What, what, what you're saying is an important point, which is that if you're going to move here, then to, to a certain degree, you have to be committed to being part of what's going on here. And if you don't, then it's going to create uh, confusion, not only for your children, but for yourselves as well. Uh, but on a certain level, and I think you would agree with this, I once had a conversation with a rabbi of a shul uh, in a certain American community, <clears throat> excuse me, here in Israel, and he spoke in English on Shabbos. And after Shul, I went over to him and I said, you know, I, I, I just want to ask, you know, we're, we're living in Israel now, don't you think maybe we should speak in Hebrew, like you should speak in Hebrew? So he said something very interesting. He said that all through the week, adults and children who are living in Israel now are dealing with Hebrew and dealing with Israelis, and they're going to work and they're going to school, and they, they're, they're, it's 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 a second language to them and something which is for is still foreign to them and he felt that the shul on Shabbos should be a place where people feel like oh I'm at home I feel like more comfortable so there is a flip side to this and there is a definitely an important uh, I think an important feeling that people should have that they're not strangers here that they're not feeling foreign I think that rabbi had a very good point that there's a certain aspect of the community that should be uh, a lifeline let's put it. But I think also your point is well taken that if you keep buying your clothes uh, from America, eventually, you know, what's going to happen when you can't get back to America? You, your kids are going to walk around in, you know, well, torn yeah. clothes? <laughs> what's no, no. Even more than that is what, what message you're sending to your children and, right. and the community in general. So I think in terms of looking for community, uh, even if you decide that you really want to have the fallback of, of English and a culture that you're more familiar with, which in many cases makes sense for families, depending again at the age that they come, um, you have to also work at uh, you know acculturating your children to the Israeli culture and making sure that they feel that they have a certain confidence when they interact with native Israelis and not uh, you know ashamed or embarrassed to speak Hebrew. So that's something else to look for. Right. Um, that's something we talked about uh, last week with Rachel uh, about the whole idea of learning Hebrew especially for employment purposes but uh, what you're saying is more of a, a social or even a psychological aspect of being part of where you live is very important and, and obviously language is something which is a, a very important part of that Absolutely. Um, in your experience how, how many Olim have come and um, expect that they're not going to be living in the community that they that they settled in initially. In other words, how many are coming and saying, "Okay, I'm going to start here, but I'm open to other places." Do a lot of people have that attitude when they come? No. We, I, from our statistics, around ninety percent of the olim stay in the first community they choose. Wow. That's something that we very much are proponents of. Meaning, if you're already making the move to come to the Middle East, right, um, and you're putting down roots, and that first year is so critical in terms of making friends and having a school that helps and having neighbors who are all contributing to your success, then to then look for that again and try to replicate another 
another home, it makes it even more difficult. So it's not like moving from Cedarhurst to Lawrence or from Baltimore to Silver Spring or something like that. It's such a tremendous change in lifestyle that you, you guys want to at least be... Um, it, it's, uh, it makes sense that the first place that you land should be your landing place that you get comfortable with and, 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 and put down roots. That's why I always start off with affordability because a lot of people, again, they, they go, uh, they, they, they gravitate toward the, their friends and their families, but it doesn't mean that they can afford it, especially with the downturn in America in the past few years. So, you know, the Rananas and the, and the Modines and the Ramape Chemishes, which have all gone up in price, are very attractive to them and right. it makes sense. But in terms of the practical living, it doesn't. And so I always try to gear people to to not look at the places that where they necessarily want to go socially, but where they can afford. That's the first step. If they can afford it and they have a budget that will allow them to choose, then we start talking about the other variables. Okay. All right, we're here with Avi Silverman, who is uh, the Community and Education Advisor uh, of the Pre-Aliyah Department here for Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, Nefesh Benefesh can be reached at 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, or again, um, if you want any information about communities, education, schools, um, employment as we discussed, um, any specific benefit questions, any question you have about Aliyah, you can find it on our website at nbn.org.il. Look for the Aliyahpedia, uh, what do you call that thing again? Taskbar on top. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Aliyahpedia button on the taskbar, and it'll give you all the information you need. Um, I wanted to touch basically. I'm not sure if we're going to have time um, in this uh, segment to discuss education more um, than we have that we, uh, we touched on so far. But I do want to talk to you about these two regions that uh, Nefesh has been concentrating on. Maybe a little history. I know that the Go North program is something that's a little older than the Go South. So let's start with that. Um, I know that Go North has its own staff and its own people involved with it, but just when we talk about North, first of all, what, where, where are the boundaries of the North that we're discussing when we say Go North when, from the Nefesh Benefesh perspective? So phase one of the Go North program officially ends this December. December 31st is the end, and we're beginning phase two of the Go North. Because of the success, we have close to 1,300 people who came in the past five years just from Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, the the sponsors and benefactors found that they want to continue the program, and so we will be oh, continuing great. with uh, Go North for an, the second phase. Uh, wh- originally, when it started, um, and I was the only community person in the office, so I toured with Michelle Kaplan Green, who is now the director of the program. We spent four days touring the North. Um, we picked out key cities and communities within those cities which we felt would be most receptive and give the biggest advantage for Olim to settle. We met with the mayors of the city, we met with the heads of education, we met with the heads of social resources for those communities and got a buy-in from those communities that they would be able to help our Olim. We've now expanded the Go North program, so it now includes everything in the Golan, mm-hmm. everything in the Galil, and down to Chadera. Okay. So we've branched a little bit further down. Uh, we've actually hired recently Smadar, who was the Alia coordinator for Haifa, who was hired through the municipality of Haifa to work with Olim. She now works officially for Nefesh Benefesh, and she's taking care of Haifa, what we call the Krayot, all the areas around Haifa, and then again, down to Chadera. So that's an expansion of the Go North program. Chadera is, 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 is really considered north? I mean, Chadera is, is like a little past Ranana, isn't it? It's more than a little bit uh, <laughs> for our purposes. Yeah, Hadera well, is a great, it's a, it's a great city. <clears throat> now, when you say phase two, is it continuing 
basically along the same lines, encouraging people to come. And it's just in terms of phase two, meaning that this is the next phase for this. Uh, it financially will continue. I got you. Okay, that's yep. great. Um, okay, so um, go south is something which is relatively newer than go north. Correct. The Go, Go South program is a little over a year old. Uh, Ravik Greenberg is now in charge of that, and she's assisted by Emily Shapiro. And as in the North, uh, their functions remain the same, meaning they're there to help Olim A, find employment, B, find communities, C, find schools for the children, and D, help them to socially connect. Because no one is going to make Aliyah just because they want to be in Beersheba or Demona or Yerucham. They're coming because they want to help contribute and be a part of it. And the advantage of being in these smaller towns is that you make a much more clear and effective um, foray into the town in a much earlier stage. Because right. you're much more noticeable, and, and your impact can be that much more felt. So can you give me an example of uh, what towns you're working with? So Beersheba clearly is the first choice town. It's the capital of the south. It's the seventh largest city in Israel. And it has the largest and oldest standing Ola community. And it's just an amazing town in terms of its resources. I mean, Soroka Hospital is international. Ben-Gurion University increases its student population by close to 1,000 every year. Wow. Uh, prices are still affordable. Uh, high tech is moving down there. Uh, Kakao, which is a Jewish uh, national fund, is you know, putting a lot of money to the south. And so more and more opportunities, Beersheba is being at center. But even areas such as Demona, which has the train that goes to Demona and has a, you know, an amazing mayor, uh, is doing a lot of expansion and a lot of growth, both in the educational sphere for the students and as well as employment. Um, that means that Arad and Yerucham, which are neighboring towns, are also growing. Uh, Yerucham, by the way, is uh, now going to be one of the centers where the army is moving to. So by 2015, all soldiers are going to have to travel travel to Yerucham and train in Yerucham. All soldiers? Yeah. So from, from out of, there's no bases anywhere else in the state. There'll be other bases, but they'll have to do some sort of a stint, an army stint in Yerucham, really? because the south is expanding its its areas. Uh, 700 army families are moving to the south. A place like Yerucham, a place like Meitar, a place like Demona already has what we call an Irbadim. It's a, it's a central neighborhood within that community that is only for army personnel and their family. Wherever that happens, that means the quality of the towns go up. Education goes up, um, uh, cultural events go up, shopping advantages go up. So that whole section is just burgeoning and building. So and it's important to, to mention, especially to people who uh, have not visited Beersheba recently, that because of uh, the new highway, Highway 6, and because of, uh, I guess, uh, other modes of transportation, right. it's much easier to get to Beersheba than it used to be. There are people actually commute from Beersheba to Tel Aviv because of the train. Oh, that's great. So, and how far is Demona from Beersheba? It's about a 40-minute drive. Okay, and it's more south? It's uh, more east, a little south right. and east. I should know my map if I'm in charge of <laughs> okay. Homeward Bound. <laughs> Again, there's a train. <laughs> the train connects Demona to Beersheba. Oh, so that's great. Right. So again, these are these are opportunities which uh, a few years ago probably were not on the map of the uh, of the Oled thinking about what, where he wants to be because it was just off. Uh, I mean, obviously there are people who you know might be looking for uh, you know to be a professor in a college that Ben Gurion University was one of their options, but you know I know my aunt moved to Beersheva in 1970, um, and uh, she was very involved with the Aliyah movement to Beersheva. She felt very strongly over the years that it was a place to be. So now, thank God, we see that Nefesh Benefesh has also picked up on that. 
Um, is there a goal for an amount of people? Is this uh, is this something which uh, is it, it doesn't a have a direct goal? The way that the original the original uh -huh. Go North did, this one doesn't. And the okay, so the Go East program is not happening because then you'll end up in the water. <laughs> and the Go West is also a problem with borders. But the Go North and Go South, we're doing okay. <laughs> Okay. Are we going as south as a lot? Is that yes. uh, really? A lot's covered. The trains also will eventually go down. By 2020, the train will go to a lot. Wow. So. Amazing things are happening in this country. We hope that our listeners are writing all this down. And if they're not writing all this down, you can hear it on the archives again. Uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, my name is Egal Siegel. I'm here with Avi Silverman. Again, Avi can be reached at A Silverman at nbn.org.il. He's the Community and Education Advisor for Nefesh Benefesh. Avi, I don't think we're going to be able to to really treat education with the the proper amount of time this uh, uh, this interview, so I invite you back. Uh, okay, we will be talking to Avi off and on over the next few weeks and few months. Uh, again, concentrating on specific communities, um, communities that are already established with Anglo's uh, communities that uh, were obviously through the Go North and the Go South programs. Uh, are, are places which have become something to talk about, which uh, I would probably say that around five, ten years ago we weren't talking about. There's a young Israel and Carmion now. That's right, that? that's right, that's right, Carmion, that's right, Rabbi Schwartz. In fact, we'll be seeing him uh, tomorrow. He's running a tour for us. Rabbi Schwartz is also a tour guide. So okay. I'm going to spot for Shabbos. Is that okay with the Go North people? Is that? <laughs> well, <welcome. laughs> so I have to ask Michelle. <laughs> um, so again, Avi can be reached at asilverman at nbn.org.il. Uh, Avi works with Mark Rosenberg, who we interviewed already, about the pre-Aliyah department. Again, nbn.org.il is your first uh, stop, I believe, is your first stop in any type of plan to make Aliyah. You have to check out the website. Tremendous amount of information there. But again, Avi and the rest of the staff here are very willing to spend time with you, whether it's by email or on the phone, to discuss any type of questions that you might have in the process that you're starting. Uh, that hopefully will culminate in moving your family to Israel. Uh, Avi, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, my name is Egal Siegel. This is Homer Bound here in the Nahum Siegel Network. I wish everyone a great week and look forward to speaking to you next week. Have a good week, everybody. Every day is an endless stream of disappointment, broken dreams. Day looks the same to me Assembly lines and factories And every stranger's face I see Reminds me that I long to be Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home to Yerushalayim Home where my heart is lying Home where my destiny waits silently for me Tonight I'll sing sad songs again Lament this world of pretend mm -hmm. But all my words come back to me This life of mediocrity Like emptiness in harmony I need Hashem to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was
silently for me.